Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodger. Terrific. This week, we finally have part three of our Orca series. This episode will focus on Orcas in captivity as well as some attacks that have happened from Orcas in captivity. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Dave, we are back after a month-long... Unintended, unintentional hiatus. Yeah, uh, that was is a what long I'll, time. Is what I'll call it. Uh, we, <laughs> the last episode we put out was December twenty first. Wow, it was like I think that's a month to the day. Yeah, uh, we purposely took the week of Christmas off, but then during New Year's, I got very sick. I missed a few days of work, and even when I started feeling a little bit better, I had a, a, an extremely sore throat for literally two weeks. It literally just stopped this last weekend on Saturday. This is when I feel like it was cured. Uh, and I was I couldn't string more than two sentences together without having a coughing attack. I still have a little bit of a cough, but it's gone for the most part. And I didn't want uh, everyone to listen to me coughing the entire episode. So we kind of... <laughs> I didn't want to get it. Yeah, and we kind of held off on doing an episode. So sorry about that, everyone. And uh, now I'm doing better, but Dave has... Dave just <laughs> Dave just started getting a cold. He, he Dave's in the, uh, the phase where he's kind of got the sexy voice, the <laughs> sexy cold voice going on right now. So you're going to hey, be... everybody. How's it going? <laughs> so you're going to be hearing that throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully now we can kind of get back on track and put out an episode every week like we like to do. Yeah. And I, I really want to thank all of the listeners. Uh, like I put out a message on Facebook and many of you were very kind, wishing me to get better. And I, I really appreciate it. Some of you even sent messages asking where we are and making sure we're alive and checking in on us. Uh, it, it really means a lot. We we really encourage that. Yeah. It makes us feel wanted, and it, it's like made me. I've been excited on coming back and doing this episode. We we have some great fans, uh, the yeah. Force of Nature fans, Dave. Yeah, we don't have that many, but <laughs> the ones that we do have, they are terrific. That's all we need. Quality. Yes. Uh, we also hope everyone enjoyed our last episode on orcas and their relationship with humans. So Dave, it appears everyone did because that episode is already our second highest hit episode that we've put out. Wow. It is in That's one month. Crazy. It is taken second place. The only one ahead of it is our pilot episode, which is pretty standard. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. it just climbed climbed up. So Jeez. We we're gonna tell you I have still haven't told Dana that yet. She's gonna be really excited and be like, You need to have me on every week. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she's the moneymaker. <laughs> So uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, so uh, that yeah, I'm ready to get. I want to get. This is gonna be a fun episode, I think. Oh, good. And of course, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Colonel Cheetor. You two sick dickheads! I've been stuck in the studio for a month. I'm bored out of my damn mind. Now you're probably gonna get me sick. You already are sick. You got a sick mind, <laughs> Cheetor. I'm yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. I hope we don't get you anything. All right. Uh, and like I said, we really want to just thank all our listeners for tuning into us. Thank you for your support. It, it really means a lot. Yeah. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. 
Make sure you give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. Um, like we say every time, the ratings and reviews really help our podcast gain more attention, gain more listeners. We don't know why, but it just helps out. Yeah. Uh, and it means more than you think. So do us a favor and please give us give us five stars. Yeah. Do it. Say, give us five stars. Give us five stars. Ooh, sexy, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a lot to talk about, Dave. So let's get into it. Okay. So very first, I want to go over Shamu, yep. the famous orca used at SeaWorld. Yeah. So the name Shamu is used actually for several SeaWorld orcas. It's kind of the stage name given to whoever, whichever orca is the star of the show. Oh, okay. And it began with the original orca named Shamu in the late 60s. Wow. But Shamu died in 1971. But the name was trademarked by SeaWorld, and the name has been given to different orcas at different times when performing at the Shamu shows. Okay. If you've been to SeaWorld, you know what that is. Yeah. And I remember as a kid going to SeaWorld and thinking, wow, Shamu has been performing since the 60s. <laughs> well, that's not quite the case. But uh, the original Shamu was a female orca caught in 1965. And she was the fourth ever orca captured. Oh. She was a young orca at 14 feet, 2,000 pounds, captured at the Puget Sound in the Pacific Northwest. She was intended to be a companion for the third ever captured orca named Namu. Oh. He was a male, and the name, so the name Shamu literally means friend of Namu. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Uh, just kind of put a she in front of it, I guess. Huh. And apparently, uh, Shamu and Namu, they didn't get along very well. <laughs> But uh, Shamu performed for SeaWorld in San Diego from December 1965 to April 1971. Hmm. She was retired from performing after an incident. So Shamu bit the legs and hips of SeaWorld trainer Annie Eckes. Annie tried to ride Shamu, but bit her and refused to let go. Wow. Other workers came to the rescue and pried Shamu's jaws apart with a pole. Jeez. Annie was asked to do this performance wearing a bikini, not her usual wetsuit. Oh. And not knowing that Shamu had previously attacked people who wore ordinary bathing suits and was only conditioned to trainers in wetsuits. Huh. And before this, Shamu had been showing signs of erratic behavior and being upset just before the incident occurred. Mm. Uh, so that, yeah, that was an incident. And then Shamu died four months later in August 1971. I, I could not find out how she died. Hmm. But uh, why SeaWorld uses the name Shamu for the shows, I don't really know other than it's a good name. Yeah. But, yeah, that is kind of Shamu. That gives you an idea of 
how they that came up. Huh. Uh, but I remember seeing the Sam, the Shamu shows and thought that they were really cool. Yeah. I, I remember sitting up close and uh, even getting splashed by the orcas when they performed too. Oh, like man, there's that huge the first splash. like th- three to five rows. You're, yeah. You're definitely getting splashed. Yeah. But then you'll get splashed even above it too. But yeah, it was super cool. I enjoyed doing. I, I enjoyed the shows. Yeah. And I've also noticed that all captive orcas. Well, one thing I've noticed is that all captive orcas are resident orcas. Okay. And I imagine they are easier than transients. We've talked, I mean, we talked about in the previous episodes, because residents will eat fish, which is easier than, you know, throwing a seal (laughs) and, like, having an audience watch a bloodbath. (laughs) It's like, we're low on food. Well, let's raid the seal exhibit and uh, (laughs) toss one in. So, yeah, I imagine for, for... from what I've read, I couldn't find anything on transient orcas being in captivity. Hmm. So I, I guess it would kind of pay off to be a transient orca. Then you're not going to be captured. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now let's go into a bit about capturing and breeding orcas. Okay. Now it is very difficult to capture orcas, as you can imagine, and also difficult to provide a healthy environment for them once they're captured. Early attempts in the 1960s caused many injuries and deaths to Mm. the orcas. However, with experience, the teams who specialized in the business became more uh, adept and uh, post-capture survival rates did improve. Mm. Live captures peaked in the early 1970s, but have become increasingly rare as marine parks have learned how to maintain theme park populations through captive breeding and artificial insemination. Okay. Now, we talked last episode about Moby Doll. I know it's been a month, and you maybe you don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was one of the very first captive orcas, and he only lived a few months in captivity. Mm. But during the 60s and early 70s, nearly 50 orcas were captured in the Northwest Pacific waters. Hmm. This took a big hit to the population of this resident orca community, too, as you would think. Hmm. With subsequent captures, the theme parks learned more about avoiding injury during capture and how to better take care of them. Hmm. And discovered that they could be trained to perform tricks making them a great attraction to visitors and making them some money. Mm. So I actually just rewatched Free Willy a few oh, days ago. You? Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. I, I think it just came on Netflix oh, okay. recently. So uh, I encourage everyone to go watch it again. But in the movie, they couldn't get Willy to perform tricks. Then Jesse, the kid, was able to get him. But... Uh, when they had to perform at a live show, Willie wouldn't do it. And then, because he was stressed out from all the people. And then the owners wanted to get rid of Willie after that. And the, the whale must, the whales must perform. It's kind of messed up, but yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that. But <laughs> yes, I, I watched free. Yeah. I watched free Willie. It, it brought me back and I was like, oh, I remember isn't the, the early nineties kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> It brought it just brought some memories back for me as a kid yeah. in the nineties watching it. But uh, so in August nineteen seventy at Penn Penn Cove off of the coast of Washington, there was a mass capture of orcas from a single pod. 
It later became highly controversial due to the large number of orcas that were taken. There were seven mm. captured that day. Wow. Seven orcas. How did they get them all? That's a good question. Um, and then actually five orcas died in oh, the process. Geez. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, and this info is going to piss you off too. So four juveniles died as well as one female who drowned when she became tangled in a net trying to save her calf. Oh, jeez. Isn't that, that... That does not sound good. No. And so, uh, in the documentary Blackfish, I'll mention, be mentioning Blackfish throughout the episode, but uh, former diver John Crow told how all five of the orcas had their abdomens split open and then filled with rocks. Why, to sink them? Their tails and their tails weighed down with anchors and chains. Yeah, and to sink them in an uh, attempt to cover up all the deaths that they oh, caused. Geez. Isn't that messed up? Yeah. Then three months later, three of the dead orcas washed up ashore. This caused public concern for the welfare of the orcas and led to the Marine Mammal Protection Act being passed in 1972 by the U.S. Congress, mm. and this protects orcas from being harassed or killed and requiring special permits for any type of capture. Mm. So since then, um, wild orcas have been... a Very few wild orcas have been caught and captured in the Pacific waters. Okay. After this was passed in 72... People found a new area to capture orcas, and this was in Iceland. Huh. Icelandic fishermen moved into this as it they they kind of went from fisher from fishing into doing this okay. capturing as it promised a large source of income for them. And then forty eight live orcas were captured in Icelandic waters, uh, then exported to marine parks between nineteen seventy six. In 1988, 48 orcas were captured and um, sent elsewhere. Wow. The capture process was based on luring the orcas by uh, uh, dumping leftovers uh, from herring fishing. So they're throwing herring in there. Mm -hmm. uh, And they throw it in front of the pod and capturing the orcas in a net. What they would do is they would select desirable orcas and haul them on board in a specially designed frame, hmm. then placing them in foam-lined boxes full of seawater. That's how oh, they transport them. Yeah. However, restrictions on U.S. orca import permits and advances in captive breeding programs meant that the market never became as profitable or lucrative as... They kind of expected and growing concerns from conservationists and animal rights activists had caused the Icelandic government to limit the number of orcas that may be captured. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, The famous orca Kiko, who was the orca who played free Willy. Oh, okay. uh, Was captured in Iceland in 1979. Oh, and we're actually going to wait to cover the story of Kiko. I mentioned this last episode. Okay. We're going to wait to cover Kiko when we cover 
are celebrity animals. We're going to do oh, okay. an episode or two on celebrity animals. Okay. And we're going to save Kiko for that because it's actually a very interesting story. And that episode might come out sooner than later. Oh, okay. So if you play the shot game, there's your first one. <laughs> Uh, I think it's kind of messed up how people, how we capture them in the wild. Um, orcas are self-aware beings, uh, yeah. so just capturing them is different than capturing most other animals. You yeah. know, it's it's there's just something different about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And as of August 2019, there were 60 orcas in captivity worldwide. Right? As what of, year was that again? Uh, 2019. So oh, okay. right, like right now, there's uh, 60 orcas in captivity worldwide, 33 of which are captive-born. Okay. So most wild captures that happen today, there st- it still happens, huh. but most of it comes from Russia. Okay. So who knows? <laughs> who knows uh, how well they are? It's even, who knows if it's even documented and how well it is? Yeah. So nowadays, the majority of captive orcas were born in captivity, and uh, most are done by artificial insemination. The first orca conceived this way was Nakai, who was born at SeaWorld in San Diego in 2001. Oh, okay. A second orca was conceived in this matter eight months later, named Kohana. There seems to be a theme with... uh, a lot of K's in orcas' names. Hmm. A lot of them start with K's and or have K's in them. I don't okay. know. I don't know why actually. But artificial insemination lets park owners maintain a healthier genetic mix in small groups of orcas, since there is only a small, you know, there's yeah. only sixty orcas, I guess, in, in captivity. So it, uh, artificial insemination helps with the gene pool, you could say. Yeah. It also keeps them from having to capture anymore, you know? Yeah, that, that's that's another part. Dave, your voice just sounds... Anything you say <laughs> is just sexy right now, <laughs> even if they're captured. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it also helps... Uh, yeah, it helps... Uh, we don't have to capture as many, and that, because they go through a lot of stress when they're captured, obviously. Yeah. So I guess marine parks work with each other, too, and so they'll like send semen to... Other uh, other parks to impregnate the females for a better genetic mix. Mm. Eh, makes sense. Yeah. The practice of orcas born in captivity is also less controversial than it is capturing freeborn orcas. Yeah. Since captive-born orcas have known no other uh, way. You know, that's, yeah. that's all they know is life in captivity. Yeah. So... We don't even know if they would be able to survive in the wild. So mm. it's it's less controversial. Yeah. But as of September 2016, orcas were in 13 facilities around the world. And as you can imagine, building the infrastructure for the orcas is very expensive. Yeah. Although orcas are known to be the star attractions at all of these marine parks. So they bring it in, but you got to spend a lot of money. Yeah. And it's just like in Free Willy. They they were training it. They want, They were started spending money on him, but he didn't perform. And then so they didn't want him anymore. Yeah. That's kind of the story of Free Willy. Yeah. 
there are legal requirement requirements for tank sizes that vary from country to country. In the U.S., the minimum requirement, uh, for example, if two orcas were being held in the same pool, then that pool must be at least 48 feet wide and at least 12 feet deep. Wow, even that's, that doesn't seem like that's enough. That's not. Uh, the tanks at most marine parks, though, are normally considerably larger than the minimum requirement. However, at the Miami Sea Aquarium, the it has been criticized for the small size of the tank holding the only orca, Lolita, which is less than two of her body lengths wide. Hmm. Um, uh, building a new tank would be very costly, and there's little chance of it getting a new one. Uh, and I think Lolita is pretty old, uh, so okay. they're they're not going to spend money on her. Uh, and while orcas are in captivity, there is a lot of care that must be uh, undertaken, like nutrition and uh, medical care, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the wild, an orca may eat up to 3 to 4% of their body weight a day. Wow. This is up to, like, this is, could be from a few hundred pounds a day. Wow. For an adult. Um, so according to SeaWorld, each of their orcas receive 140 to 240 pounds of food per day. Wow. Pri- yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And primarily it's herring, salmon, and mackerel. Huh. Uh, to maintain their uh, to maintain their alertness, they are fed at separate times during the day, just as would happen in the wild. So they try to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, the feeding is often combined with training and shows. So like they'll reward them by giving fish during shows. So. Okay. Yeah. And each each batch of fish is carefully tested to determine its new uh, nutritive. Uh, composition and to okay. see you know what i mean yeah and each um each orca's weight activity and health is carefully monitored to determine any special dietary requirements because if you remember we've talked about they can be really picky eaters they're okay. like your son <laughs> who is a very picky eater yeah <laughs> so orcas are the kind of the same way they are also monitored and treated for any infections, and they're given vaccinations, antibiotics, and any other medication that they require. Okay. Unless they're in, like, a shitty marine park. But SeaWorld, for the most part, you would think they would take care of them. Yeah. When training uh, the trainers, they use a system of reward. So kind of like uh, positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. They'll give them food when they are successful in doing like a trick or a a performance. Uh And then they will withhold food when they are not successful. Okay. Uh, Other things such as playtime toys and games can also be used as rewards. Mm. That makes sense. That's what you do for dogs too. So Uh, there are, as you can imagine, many negative effects though, that come from an orca being in captivity as well. So it's believed that the captive life is very stressful due to the small tanks, false social groupings, and chemically altered water even. Captive orcas have been observed acting aggressively to themselves, other orcas, and humans. 
which is all believed to be a result of stress and even depression. Hmm. There are many other mental health related issues captive orcas face. But Dave, why don't we dive into some attacks? Dive into them. Nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Wait, say I like that sexy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> All right, so Dave, let's go over some attacks that have happened over the years from orcas in captivity. Okay. So this first attack is actually orca on orca. Hmm. So in August 1989, at SeaWorld San Diego, the dominant female orca named Kondu... Tem- Wait a minute. I thought they're all named Shamu. No, they're not. Oh. No, I said that. That's their stage name. Yeah. So so it's Kondu, but they would you know, introduce it as Shamu, right? If it was the... It, they they would introduce the star of the show. So there's a couple whales or a couple orcas in each show, right? Uh, I always saw... Why, I always saw one, except... Yeah, when, one of them is Shamu. Had a baby, you know? Yeah, one of them is Shamu, but that's just what they call it during the show. Okay. That's not its real name. Otherwise, you'd have Shamu ninety seven here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So this is Shamu this is the, actually Condu up all the well, King Georges. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually Condu the fifth. Oh wow! So they do rename them a bunch of them. Okay. So this is this is Condu V's Condu the fifth. Huh. All right, and uh, that's the dominant female Condu V, and uh, she attempted to rake newcomer named Corky, who's also a female. <gasps> what so, year was this? This was 89. 89. August 89. Oh, you you want to know something? What? Maybe this maybe this will coincide with it. I there was a there was another park called Marineland up in LA County. Mm-hmm. They had two orcas there, Orky and Corky. <laughs> what, so what if it's the it Corky well, that they, this was like... they shut Marineland down and may, maybe they moved it to maybe that's why it's the newcomer there. Yeah, maybe SeaWorld bought it. Yeah. I think this is Corky the third as well. Oh, okay. Maybe it's his mother. <laughs> I, I don't know that particular one, but there are instances of parks shutting down like that, and then they have to sell them or get mm. rid of the orcas. Yeah. yeah. So this could be the same Corky that you're thinking of. And Corky is also a female. And so she uh, she wanted to rake Corky. So raking is a way orcas show dominance by forcefully scratching at each other with their teeth. Oh, okay. so that's what a raking is. Kondu charged at Corky, attempting to rake her. Well, she missed, and she ended up ramming herself into the wall very hard. Ooh. And she actually ruptured an artery in her jaw. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was ushered out of the stadium at that point. I mean, artery bust, so I imagine it's bleeding everywhere, right? Jeez. Uh, 45 minutes later, Kondu sank to the bottom of the pool and died. Oh, my goodness. So, that could happen. Wow. That's, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's super crazy when I read that. Jeez. All right. So, as I've mentioned in this series, there has there's never been a serious injury by a wild orca on a human. But there have been a couple instances that I want to go over from okay. orcas in the wild. Oh, okay. 
So in the early 1910s, the Terra Nova expedition in Antarctica had an instance with orcas. Does that sound familiar? Terra Nova sounds familiar. That's because we actually talked about this expedition before. Oh. Way back in episode 32, our Antarctica episode. Oh. Uh, a bunch of people, I, I remember a bunch of people tried to reach the South Pole, and a bunch of people died trying mm. to reach the South Pole or like on their way back. But yeah, go back and check the, that episode out if you haven't yet. It's a really cool story. I, that was one of my one of my favorite stories that we've covered. Oh. Anyway, so apparently at some point, orcas attempted to tip ice flows on which an expedition photographer and a sled dog team were standing on. Oh my goodness. I don't know how big this ice flow was, but orcas were trying to, you know, how we've talked. Yeah. Or you've seen maybe on videos how they try to create a wave to knock the seal off of the ice. Yeah. They were trying to do this with a guy and a sled dog team. Oh, wow. And it's believed the orcas thought the dogs sounded like seals. Oh. Which actually makes a lot of sense, and I could totally see that. Yeah. I wish I could find more info on it, but I couldn't find anything else on it other than that. Yeah. So I've, uh, nobody got hurt. Oh, that's good. So I guess they didn't get knocked in. Huh? I guess they didn't get oh, knocked in because if you got if you get knocked in in those cold waters, it's a, like a death sentence oh. pretty much. And then there's orcas. Yeah, <laughs> that may or may not eat you. We don't yeah. know. So another one in September. 1972, a California surfer reported being bitten by an orca. Huh. Uh, most maintain that this remains the only fairly well-documented instance of a wild orca biting a human. Huh. It's kind of like the only one we know about. Huh. And the man required 100 stitches. Oh, wow. But that's that. That's, that's still not bad. Yeah. And then... In August 2005, a 12-year-old boy was swimming in four-foot water in Helm Bay, Alaska, when he was bumped in the shoulder by a 25-foot orca. Wow. The boy was not injured. It got into four It got up. Wow. Four-foot. Yeah, orcas can, they can definitely do that. Jeez. But the boy was not injured. It was like a fist bump, you could say. Okay. I don't know. but Nice wave riding, pal. Boom. Yeah, and that was that. <laughs> Thanks, Orca. <laughs> uh, and then also, during the filming of the third episode of the BBC documentary Frozen Planet. Oh. This was back in 2011. I think the show was on Netflix, actually. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I've watched it at some point. But uh, a group of orcas that had been, that they were filming for the last two weeks, tried to swamp the film crew's 18-foot <laughs> Zodiac boat with waves. So they tried to knock over the boat. Oh, wow. Uh, nobody was hurt. At least. Uh, reportedly, oh, nobody okay. was hurt. But, yeah, they were there for, like, a couple weeks, and they were... They said that the they were uh, the orcas were really cool with them being there. They didn't uh-huh. had no aggression towards them until something like this. Oh, just teenager orcas, you know. Possibly. Like, hey, bro, what's going on? Hey, I'm getting bored. Let's do something <laughs> crazy. That actually might be true too. So. <laughs> All right. Then in February 2014, a free diver near Wangahari. I don't know if huh. that's right. This is in New Zealand. Oh, okay. 
Uh, a freediver was pulled down for over 40 seconds by an orca. Oh, wow. But the orca, so the orca grabbed a bag containing uh, crayfish, which was attached to his arm by a rope. Oh. So it was after the food, but the diver was attached to it. Oh, wow. The rope. And it must have swam faster <laughs> thinking he was trying to go back for his food. And, you know, <laughs> he's just attached. He's like, ah, ah. You know, it's like, it's like attaching something behind someone. So they're like, oh, it's still chasing me. <laughs> and uh, eventually the rope came free and the man then undid his weight belt and returned to the surface. And he had lost feeling in his arms and could no longer swim. Oh, no. But his cousin was nearby and helped him float to some rocks where uh, the feeling came back in his arms oh. and the event, he was totally fine. Afterwards. Oh, okay. So it was a close call for sure. Yeah. He could definitely drown in that kind of way, but wow. nobody did. And still um, no deaths have happened by orcas in the wild. Wow. Not even a serious injury. Wow. And that's all I could find on any sort of attacks in the wild. Huh. But, uh, kind of not much there. No. That's really all we know about. Yeah. Now. Oh, and you've showed me interaction in the wild, too. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, intera- I've seen um, or- wild orcas swimming under paddle boarders hmm. and just, you know, they'll hang out with them for a bit. And we- we've also seen them swimming with people. Yeah. Like in four or five foot water and they're just swimming by them and just chilling, you know. with no aggression towards them at all. It's it's really kind of cool that they would do that. They just don't see us as as a threat. I got to say, though, I'd be freaked out. You would be kind of freaked out, though, right? Yeah. Like, there's something with water when it's, if I'm, if I'm in it, you know, and I've got goggles and I could see around me, it's, it's different. But when I'm up on top, you know, swimming or in something and I can't see in there, it, and if I notice something's there, it freaks me out. Well, yeah, we know it's going to freak you out because you have a fear of sharks. Oh, yeah. That's going to be your first, is it, you're going to see a shark, you're thinking to think it's a shark, probably. Yeah. Well, good thing, Dave, if it happens to be an orca, then there are no sharks around. That's true. But they're so big, you're going to be just huge. like, whoa, you know? Yeah. It, it's a little nerve unnerving. I'm sure it would be to be in that situation. I remember just seeing them in the aquarium and you're, you're like, cause you know, you see them above <laughs> and you're like, Oh, no big deal. But they, they have areas where you can go below mm-hmm. and see them. And man, when you see them below, you're just like, Whoa, that thing's huge. Yeah. It's they, gigantic. They're massive. Yeah. But, uh, so I mean, I remember I, thinking it was going to break the glass. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just cause it could just come up and just bump it, you know? And I'm maybe, like, Oh my goodness. The glass is going to break. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I was kind of young, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, yeah. They're, they're huge. But I mean, so, um, listeners, if you happen to be swimming and you run across an orca, I, I don't really know what to tell you to do, but I guess <laughs> don't fear for your life too badly. Yeah, statistics say you'll be okay. Statistics say they're probably not going to kill you. <laughs> well, statistics say they won't kill you, actually. Yeah. So there, you, there yeah. you go. Yeah. But don't hold crayfish. Yeah, don't. Definitely It'd be cray-cray don't. if you're holding crayfish. <laughs> God. <laughs> that even with your voice, that didn't sound sexy. Oh darn. <laughs> so now let's go over a few attack stories that have happened in captivity. And then after that we're gonna go in and we're gonna talk about Tilikum. Okay. The he's kind of a famous orca. Yeah. 
And there are a bunch of pretty minor instances that have happened over the years. I'm going to stick with some more serious ones. There's been, uh, there's like, I saw a list online and there was at least 40 instances oh, throughout wow. the years of uh, some very minor attacks, some deaths. Okay. So we're going to cover some more of the serious ones, just a, few, a handful of them. Okay. So in May 1978, Marineland of the Pacific, is that the one, yeah. the one you're thinking of? Well, actually, I'll tell you, we're going to get to that oh. and why that closed down. Oh, okay. So that's the one you're thinking of, right? Yeah. I think that one, was that one in California or Seattle? Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's in Seattle, it's a different one. But yeah, there was a Marineland in LA. My okay. grandma Ma- took Maybe me. this is the one that you're thinking of. Hmm. I-, I mentioned it more down the road. So. Okay. So at Marineland of the Pacific, uh, trainer uh, Jill Stratton, she's 27 years old, was nearly drowned when 10-year-old Orky. Oh, my That's the one you mentioned. Yeah. When Orky suddenly grabbed her and dragged her to the bottom of the tank, holding her there for four minutes. Oh, my goodness. And she somehow survived this. That's wow. All, that's all I could get out of that story. But wow. she somehow survived being held for four minutes. Dave, I don't know about you, but how long can you hold your breath underwater? Like a minute. You see, and that's, I'm like, a, I'm a 30 second or maybe. <laughs> I, I would. I, well, if I'm panicking and moving, yeah, it's even less than that. Yeah, I would be dead in 20 seconds then. Wow. <laughs> from something like that. I, I honestly cannot hold my breath underwater for maybe, maybe 30 seconds. Mm. I don't know why that is, but we used to practice in the hot tub, time and see how we. Yeah, get. I feel like it's easier in a hot tub. I think I got to like a minute fifteen, minute twenty before, and that was my. That's really that good. I, that's pretty good. But that's you're just sitting there, you know, you're not moving. You're so not you're moving. Not you're spending. I would still only get thirty seconds in that in the hot <laughs> tub situation. All right. So next story in February 1984, the female orca Kondu. The same one that killed itself. Uh-huh. Kondu grabbed SeaWorld trainer Joanne Hay and pinned her against a tank, a tank wall during a performance. Wow. Joanne was only released after another trainer jammed a fist into Kondu's blowhole. Oh, wow. That's the only way it let go. And next story, in March 1987, 20-year-old SeaWorld San Diego trainer Jonathan Smith was grabbed by an orca and was dragged down to the bottom of the tank. Then the orca carried him around while he was bleeding all the way back up to the surface and spat him out. Smith waved at the crowd when trying to make it seem like this isn't a big deal, you know. Uh, Smith waved at the crowd, and then a second orca came and slammed into him. Oh, my goodness. He continued to pretend that he was unhurt as the orcas repeatedly dragged him underwater. Jeez. Uh, Dragged him underwater until he finally managed to escape the pool. He was cut all around his torso, had a ruptured kidney, and a laceration to his liver. Oh, no. The orcas that attacked him were an orca named Keenan, Keenan, or no, Keanu, I think. Huh. Yeah, Keanu and Kondu again. Oh my goodness. Overall, Kondu was responsible for five documented attacks. Jeez. This Kondu's kind of an asshole. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't want Kondu to run into a wall and yeah, and kill himself or kill herself, but it happened. <laughs> yeah, prison changes you, bro. <laughs> so in July 2002, 28-year-old trainer Tamari Tolson was hospitalized for a compound fracture of the forearm as well as several other injuries after an incident occurred at SeaWorld San Diego. She was working poolside with two orcas, Orchid and Splash. Hmm. Those are the names. She was playing with them, and then she was pulled underwater. There is video of this one. She was pulled in by her foot after Orchid grabbed her. Both Orchid and Splash continually pulled uh, uh, Tamari until a fellow trainer made the decision to take the chain off the gate of an adjoining pool, and this implied that the more dominant female, uh, Kasatka, was coming in. Oh. And then the orcas then let go of Tamari, and she was able to escape. So mm. having the fear of the dominant female, that's what um, made them let go. Huh. So this next one is the only other death recorded in captivity that's not from Tilikum. Huh. Let's go to Christmas Eve in 2009. Uh, 29-year-old Alexis Martinez. It's actually a guy. Okay. Um, and this is in Loro Parque. I don't know if that's right. In Spain. Hmm. So he is doing a rehearsal with 14-year-old orca named Kido. Like I said, with something with the Ks, yeah. right? Anyway, so Kido, who was born at SeaWorld Orlando, um, Martinez was rammed in the chest by Kido, rendering him unconscious. Oh, wow. And that... Um, Martinez sank and drowned before fellow trainers could rescue him. Oh, so he actually he knocked unconscious and drowned. That's pretty oh, easy to see that happening. The park repeatedly asserted that this was not an attack, but an unfortunate accident caused by roughhousing. However, the park also described Keto as not being completely predictable. Hmm. The autopsy report revealed that Martinez died due to the uh, the ser- uh, serious injuries he sustained from the attack, including multiple compression fractures and tears to his vital organs with the bite marks all over his body. So he didn't so, just bump it. Right, yeah. So bite marks kind of indicate an attack. Yeah. And as we'll find out, like some of the um, marinas, they'll try to make the attacks seem lesser than mm. what they are. They'll be like, it was just rough housing, but then they got bite marks all over them because they don't want to, you know, lose their main source of income. Yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. It's kind of a covering it up a little bit and we'll find out more. Uh, but Dave, that's just a few attacks that have happened in captivity. There are many, many more. Oh, gee. But now mm. let's talk about the famous orca known as Tilikum. Okay. You've heard you've heard of Tilikum, right? Yeah, we saw that uh, the blackfish. You did okay, so yeah. you have seen it. Okay, mm-hmm. good. I actually, I, I've seen it as well. I tr- for the last month, I've tried to find it. It's mm-hmm. not on any platforms that I have. Oh. I thought it was on Netflix, but it's not. 
I can't remember where we saw it. Yeah, I can't find it on Netflix um, or any what, Amazon. I don't have Hulu. Maybe it's on, probably on Hulu. No. It's probably right there in front of me. No, but I couldn't find it on YouTube. I, I could find clips of it on YouTube. We either saw it. I think we either saw it on HBO or Netflix. But we saw it like two or three years. I ago. I swear it was on Netflix. Like just um, uh, like two months ago. Oh but really? Maybe maybe I I don't know huh. for sure. I swear it was though. Anyway, let's talk about Tilikum. Tilikum is responsible for the deaths of three people. So let, let's actually learn a little bit about Tilikum real quick. Okay. He was believed to have been born in 1981. And then in 1983, he was captured in Iceland. So he was one of those okay. 48 Icelandic hmm. captures uh, near Reykjavik, which is the capital. And a very weird looking word. Yeah. I know that's right. I'm pronouncing that one right, too. Anyway, about a year later, he was transferred to uh, Sealand of the Pacific in Victoria, British Columbia. Hmm. Wait, that's not the one you were thinking of, is it? No, You were thinking of Marineland. Oh, okay. I mixed it up with Sealand, so I guess Marineland doesn't come up again. But Sealand does. (laughs) Um, While he was there, he lived with two older females. Named Haida and Nutka. Hmm. Nutka, yeah. Tilikum was at the bottom of the podium. He was oh. at the bottom of the social structure. And those the females behaved aggressively towards him, hmm. including forcing him into a smaller pod where he was kept for protection. And they were they raked him, like oh. we talked about. They were they were bullies oh. to Tilikum. Uh, and having, having this kind of, th- so say you're, you're captured, right? Uh-huh. And then you, you're in, now you're in captivity and you have these other orcas just bullying you and picking on you. This is going to have some kind of, uh, mental, yeah. this is going to affect you, your, uh, affect you mentally yeah. for sure. You're going to have some issues after this. Yeah. And that's kind of what they think happened with Tilikum. Mm. But it, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You're dealing with some, tra- he's still not very old at this point, and uh, he's going to have some trauma. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that same thing happens with being in uh, an abusive family. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. That That's something to think about, at least, yeah. in this. Tilikum, he definitely grew up, because he grew up to be the largest orca ever in captivity. Wow. He measured 22.5 feet long and weighed around... 12,500 pounds. Wow. That's a big-ass orca. Yeah. And if you've seen the documentary Blackfish, a good amount of the film is about Tilikum. Mm -hmm. So that's why, if you're aware of that. Um, While he lived at Sealand of the Pacific, there was an incident. Let's go to February 20th, 1991. Uh, we'll meet 21-year-old marine biology student and competitive swimmer, uh, Kelty Byrne. She, she was kind of like an intern, or she was just kind of there for a little while, okay. working there. Somehow, I, I, I couldn't find out how, uh, Kelty fell into the tank. Somehow. Hmm. Tillicum rushed over and grabbed her foot and pulled her. Now, the two females were also in the pool at the time and assisted in dragging Kelty around the, the pool and preventing her from surfacing. Oh, wow. 
At one point, she reached the side and tried to climb out, but was pulled back into the pool. Other trainers threw her a life ring, but the orcas kept her away from it. She resurfaced three times before eventually drowning. So the uh, Tilikum was the main one responsible for it. And it was it, it was several hours uh, before her body could be recovered. They had to wait several hours before could they, because they weren't the orcas weren't allowing anybody to get close wow. to the body. After the incident, Sealand of the Pacific closed down hmm. and sold all three orcas to SeaWorld. Haida and her calf, who was actually born after this incident, were moved to SeaWorld, Texas. Uh, and Haida died in 2001. So Nutka and Tilikum were sent to SeaWorld Orlando. Nutka actually died in 1994. Also, both females were impregnated by Tilikum at this, oh. right before this incident. So, I mean, they were picking on him, but then, you know, he's <laughs> getting some payback, <laughs> banging him. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, that was, I guess that's what happened. I mean, he did grow up to be a pretty big male. Yeah. Hard to pick on him then. Yeah. Uh, Tillicum lived in Orlando for the rest of his life. But he had a second incident on July 6, 1999. And this was a really odd story. This is super strange. Let's meet 27-year-old David Dukes. Uh, Dukes wasn't a trainer or anything. He was just a guest at the park. Hmm. He apparently, so what happened is apparently he hid himself in the park until after closing time. So he was there and then he hid and then closed. He evaded security, went, went into the um, orca pool and then dove into the tank. Wow. Oh, and apparently he wanted to strip down naked before diving in. (laughs) Dukes was later found dead in the tank. Uh, draped over Tilikum's back. Oh, wow. An autopsy found numerous wounds, contusions, and abrasions covering his body. And also his uh, scrotum was completely... It was all gone. (laughs) His groin was gone. Oh, wow. His nuts were ripped off. But officially he died by drowning, though. Hmm. Now, despite numerous cameras around the inside, around the pool and inside the pool that are supposed to monitor the, you know, the Tilikum's mm-hmm. well-being, SeaWorld claims the event was not captured. Huh. And I don't know how it wasn't captured. There is some beliefs that there's something fishy there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew you were going to do that, <laughs> but there is some beliefs that there's something fishy. Like they're withholding some information, like maybe Tilikum after he dove in that he really attacked him uh-huh. and they just didn't want to keep that on the down low. We don't really know, mm. but apparently Dukes, uh, well, they also found that Dukes had no drugs or alcohol in his system. Hmm. I feel like you'd have to be on something <laughs> to do something this stupid. Yeah. Apparently Dukes was known by the SeaWorld staff to have uh, dived with other animals before. Oh. So apparently he's well known and he's done this kind of stuff. He must before. have had a weird bucket list. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's kind of hard to blame Tilikum too much for this one. Yeah. I mean, a dumbass dove into a large mammal's tank. What do you expect? Yeah. We did a whole episode on stupid people who jump into zoo enclosures yeah. before. So, <laughs> I mean, this guy fits right in. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to blame Tilikum in that kind of situation. However, this is the second death that Tilikum has caused. Hmm. Now, let's jump into the third incident. Let's go to February 24th, 2010, and meet SeaWorld trainer Don uh, Branshaw. Uh, damn it. I can't remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> Her name's Don. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know I struggle with the pronunciations. Part, honestly, guys, listeners, part of why I have a hard time pronouncing things is because I handwrite all of the entire episode. <laughs> And some, sometimes my hand starts hurting, and I, it is scribbles. So sometimes I struggle <laughs> reading my own handwriting in the show. Yes. <laughs> Just letting everybody know that. Maybe that, I don't know if that makes it look worse or better or what, but anyway. <laughs> All right, we meet Dawn. She is 40 years old and worked with orcas at SeaWorld Orlando training, and she's been doing this for 15 years. Hmm. She was the lead in the Shamu shows. She was the lead performer, mm-hmm. and she was she's kind of the poster girl for SeaWorld at the time. She's kind of like a like a like a little a celebrity within the SeaWorld community. Uh-huh. She was kind of a, the top okay. top celebrity, you could say. Okay. And she visited SeaWorld as a child and decided that she wanted to work with these animals. Mm. But on this day, Don was performing a Dine with Shamu show with Tilikum. In this setting, guests, um, they eat at an open-air restaurant while watching the performance. Um, uh, Yeah, that sounds kind of cool, actually. Now, near the end of the show routine, Dawn was at the edge of the pool, rubbing Tillicum's head. She was standing on a submerged platform about a foot into the water with her face next to Tillicum's. Okay, you can Mm -hmm. see that? Yeah. Tillicum then grabs her and pulls her into the water. Now, SeaWorld claims she was grabbed by her ponytail, but video taken by a visitor, as well as several eyewitness statements, say that she was grabbed by her left shoulder. Hmm. So this um, particular case or this re- is why um, the Blackfish uh, documentary was made. This, okay. infor- this bit of information right now, the, the woman who did Blackfish was mm-hmm. intrigued by why they would kind of say say that about the ponytail yeah. and when everybody else was saying it was the shoulder. Yeah. That's kind of what influenced when I, what I read about the woman to make the Blackfish documentary. Yeah. Anyway. What would it matter anyway? You know? Why would they lie? Why would they say something different? Yeah, why are they saying, oh, just a ponytail? Oh, just a ponytail, no big deal. I can't remember from watching the movie... But there is there's something to that that yeah. was that intrigued her to dive into this topic hmm. and make blackfish. Okay. Is what I'm saying. So Tilikum pulled her in and eventually drowned her. Gee. So all the people at the show saw this happen. Employees used nets and threw food into the tank to distract Tilikum, and they eventually directed Tilikum into a smaller pool. To calm him down, but he carried Don's body with him. 
Hmm. And after about 45 minutes, Tilikum finally released Don's body. An autopsy report said that Don died from drowning and blunt force trauma. Her spinal cord was severed, Ooh. and she sustained several fractures to her jawbone, ribs, and cervical vertebrae. Wow. Her Also, her scalp was completely torn off. Oh. And her left elbow and left knee had been dislocated. That's not... That's, that's bad. Yeah. So Tilikum's kind of playing with her body after she wow. died. It's a very sad story, right? Yeah, definitely. And we are all, we're we're only touching on the surface of it. There's so much more info to the story that you could see on Blackfish if you if you want to learn more. Yeah. And so I want to go over some of the after effects. So say after this happened, since this incident, no SeaWorld trainer has entered a pool to perform a show with an orca since Don's death. Mm. So trainers are not allowed in the water with orcas anymore at mm. SeaWorld. There was also, oh, there was a, there's this whole big thing. And I, I know they talk about it in the documentary, but um, there's this court issues, court battles oh. with uh, that's, that came from this incident mm -hmm. with Don's family, yeah. you know, and then also with, uh, OSHA, I think it was yeah. trying they're making new rules for SeaWorld and they're trying to battle them. There's a whole long thing about that. Yeah. We're not going to be going into that here on, uh, on this episode. Probably I just, there's too much to it and I'm, I'm not qualified to go over all that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can, if you watch Blackfish, it's all in, it's all in the film. Yeah. Um, uh, let's continue with Tilcom actually a little bit more. He actually returned to performing in March 2011, they let him return. Oh my goodness! Uh, but they're just not willing to lose the money on this, are they? <laughs> That's a oh. good point. And well, he's under the there's under new rules now, and that also restrict close close contact with the orcas. So there's been new rules, so they feel like they've got a better hold on it now. Jeez, this is crazy. It's, I guess it's I guess it's just like the typical sports, you know. <laughs> it's like having... kills his his girlfriend. Uh, he's still. We'll just give him a fine. If he's a, still if, let him play. If he's you know? a star, then yeah. Come on. I mean, how many um football or uh, athletes? You know, they yeah. beat their wife, and then <laughs> yeah. if they're a star, then eh, we'll let him back in. Yeah. I mean, it happens oh, all the time. Geez. If they're money maker, I Floyd Mayweather, the boxer. He's a notorious woman beater, but they keep bringing him back. They're like, eh, let it slide because you bring in millions yeah. of dollars. Maybe this is a similar concept. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, uh. All right. Let's continue. Then in March 2016, SeaWorld announced that Tilikum's health. This is 2016. Mm -hmm. Tilikum's health was deteriorating. And it was thought that he had a lung infection due to bacterial pneumonia. Mm. which is actually a common case of death in captive and wild whales and dolphins. Oh, I was thinking maybe they were trying to slowly poison it with Windex in the, in the, in the, <laughs> Don't the aquarium. Don't think so. <laughs> in May 2016, it was reported that he was improving. But then in January 6, 2017, SeaWorld announced that Tilikum had died. Mm. Uh, cause of death was bacterial infection. Mm. Um, Tilikum, though, uh, one thing, he had 21 offspring 
while in wow. captivity, ten of which are still alive today. Oh. Only but, ten, huh? Yeah, only ten. Jeez. They die in captivity. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I think... if you remember when we talked about wild orcas, their survival rate wasn't very good from being born. Yeah. It was it was close to 50%. Mm. So I I don't know. I, yeah, I guess. I, I just I am not I don't know enough to give a proper analogy yeah. on why that is. But that is the shortened story of Tilikum. Mm. Uh so now of course we should talk a little bit about the film Blackfish that we've mentioned several times. Uh, that follows Tilikum's story. <laughs> so it's a 2013 documentary by Gabriella Cowperthwaite. Uh, and it received lots of awards. It had, everybody seems to really like it. It has a 98% rating, which is really good. Yeah. Um, it goes over Tilikum's story and the consequences of keeping orcas in captivity. Talks about the extreme stress that they go through after being captured, and also it has it actually has footage of some of the attacks by Tilikum mm. and of other orca attacks in captivity. I remember watching it, and it's very eye opening. Um, it creates awareness. At the very least, it create it create it did create a national dialogue about the issue of um, orcas. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It really did. That really got SeaWorld. Yeah. The public was yeah. pretty mad at SeaWorld. Yeah, they they were very mad. And, uh, sea, well, SeaWorld and some, and others, there's not, it's not just SeaWorld. Others believe that the film follows an agenda and sensationalizes yeah, the issues. Yeah. I, I do see that as well. And that, that's been the problem with documentaries in this, in this generation, well, generation or century. Because I noticed when I, you know, when I was a kid, I watched nature documentaries, and it was just giving you information. It was showing you something neat, cool. right? But it seems like every documentary nowadays is pushing something. They're trying to influence you right. in, in a direction or a feeling towards something. Yeah. And, and it's, it's getting a little bit, a little too much. It's not so much of a fact thing. Like here's this, and this happened, this happened. It's it's like no, let's have you listen to this guy, and, right? And I do think that. It, is a case in this particular this, yeah. this movie. Yeah, you can see it. And, yeah. and then it's argued that they're exploiting a tragedy and the death of Don. But um, I'll kind of leave that up to each person who watches yeah. it. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, for it him. takes it takes something that yeah, it's, it's it can be considered a real issue. But mm-hmm. but of course they try to take it a step step further. You know, almost. Well, I, I um, well from what I now. some things that I read about the film is they interviewed uh, one man. He was a trainer at SeaWorld, uh-huh. and he la- later on he said that they didn't even use most of the stuff that he talked about. They only oh. used the stuff that they could use to kind of make yeah. it into their own vision. Yeah. So most of the stuff they cut out of his interview, and they just used kind of put pieces together to make it what they wanted it to be, which is, you know, standard in filmmaking, but it's, (laughs) it is pushing an agenda. I I do, I do see that in, in this movie for sure, but it is a very eye opening and it, and it at least starts a dialogue of, you know, is, is this right? It it, it brought attention to -hmm. the issue and it it is an issue. Uh, But due to this film, SeaWorld had kind of took a big hit financially yeah, for sure, and it kind of it gave them a bad image, and that's kind of the worst thing to have is a bad image. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, reading Southwest Airlines dumped them after this; they were done wow. promoting them, and their attendance uh, numbers went down after after this came out. 
Also, SeaWorld announced it was discontinuing its artificial insemination program of breeding captive orcas. Mm. Uh, they also announced they are partnering with the Humane Society to work against commercial whaling and seal hunts, shark finning, and ocean pollution, and increase its focus on rescue operations. So they want—they're trying to make their image better and start doing more um, mm. things that people will like. Yeah. Are they doing them? I don't know. Probably. I mean, I imagine they're putting some, at least some effort into doing yeah. it, but I don't know. Does this, does SeaWorld deserve all this negative attention? That's up for you to decide. I'm not going to say one yeah. way or another, uh, but I definitely recommend watching the film. That's for each person to decide, yeah. I think. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not qualified to tell you. So, yeah. But Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. Okay. Uh, I really hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and honestly, we, we, we barely scratched the surface here. I didn't want to get too controversial and put a, a certain narrative because that's uh, there's a, it's a controversial topic, orcas in captivity, you yeah. know. But this is a this is an entertainment learning show, <laughs> and I hope I just want you to learn some a few new things that you, maybe you didn't know already. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed our coverage of orcas. That's wrapping up our orca series. It was a lot of fun. I like doing orcas. Orcas are amazing animals. Yeah. One of my favorites. Um, they've definitely gone up my list of favorite animals after doing this right series. They're really cool. Um, for the last few months, Dave, we've actually covered whales and that's all we've covered is whales and orcas. We've yeah. been in, we've been in the ocean for a long time, so. For the next for the next uh, while, we're gonna stay out of the ocean. Why are you getting seasick, man? <laughs> well, we're gonna stay out of the ocean for a while. I think um, next week we are going to do another recent animal stories and attacks. I believe okay. our tenth edition. Uh, we missed it last month, so instead of um, covering stories that happened happen every two months, we're this time we're just gonna do three months. Okay, and. Uh, I know of a couple. Well, this will get us back on track. Um, we'll start doing our normal way. Okay. Uh, these recent stories are always fun to be around, so it's going to be a good one. I know of a few stories. We have one very local story Ooh. that I want to talk about. I remember um, a wild boar killed somebody. I think a leopard killed somebody. Wow. I've got a list. I can't remember them all at the moment, but it's it's going to be a good episode. Okay. And then after that, for the month of February, I, I haven't decided, I haven't fully decided what to cover. But Dave, I do think it's time for another adventure with our man, Jim Corbett. I'm Jim Corbett, mother. Hey, hey. So I think we're going to have another Jim Corbett episode coming very soon. Okay. So, Dave, we have a few shout-outs to give from iTunes reviews. Oh, no, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so just say it sexy this time. Okay. Uh, so, thank you, Denali Summit. Denali Summit. <laughs> she says her husband asks to listen to us whenever they go on a trip. And that she really likes your laugh. <laughs> Maybe she likes it more now. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> And also, thank you. Well, this is gonna be a tough. One. Uh, Jesus Coffee Ocean Breezes. Jesus Coffee Ocean Breezes. They found us by our friends over at Win Animals Attack Podcast. Oh, okay. 
And they also said they would. She or I, I think it, I don't know if it's a man or woman. It doesn't clarify. Anyway, oh. they said that they would go shark diving with Dana anytime. Hey. <laughs> and one more. Thank you on the don't. Thank you on the don't. That's the name. So. Oh. Don't. No, on the don't. Oh, on the don't. <laughs> <laughs> on the don't. That's the iTunes name, so they're, they're oh, normally okay. kind of weird. <laughs> they also gave us a review, so uh, thank you, everyone, for your reviews. It really means a lot, and it really helps out. So, Dave, um, if anybody else wants to be a wonderful audience member and contribute to the show, come up. Uh, what can they do for us? Well, you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. It really helps us out. Gains more attention, more listeners. If you want to become an even <laughs> awesomer person, you can donate to the show directly to Matt Hamilton at PayPal uh, and Venmo. Uh, right? <laughs> Close. Very good. <laughs> Yes, you can donate to this show, be a more even more wonderful person. You can find us by our email, force of nature pod oh, this is on PayPal, force of nature pod at gmail.com or on my personal Venmo account, Matthew-Hamilton-51, and all that info is in the description below. And also to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Or if you just want to suggest an episode idea, or if yeah. you want to ask a question, or say hi, or wish me better on getting sick, which some of you did. Thank you. Splash <laughs> yeah, us with some love. Ask if we're still alive, like somebody did. Thank you. <laughs> he was barely. <laughs> barely still alive. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. I would have worked better if it was a if it was a bear episode. Yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, feel free to. We, we want to have as much interaction with everyone as we can. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not very good at um, posting stuff. I, I do a little bit. We put out a few things here once, once in a while. But I probably should be better at it. Mm. Instagram and Facebook. I don't. We don't even have a Twitter. I don't know how to do t- Twitter. I'll be honest. <laughs> I should probably figure it out. You twit. Oh, that might be your worst one. Yeah, it was pretty. It's your worst one of tw- uh, 2020 so far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, feel free to email us or send us a message. Uh, any, we really we want everyone to. So um, also help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all the platforms we need to be on. Dave, you and your sexy voice have anything else to add? No, I'm good. Well. We gotta ask him. All right. Colonel Cheetor, how about you? Uh, you guys, I feel like I'm coming down with something. <coughs> you two assholes got me sick now. <laughs> oh, uh, Cheetor, I'm I'm really sorry about that, buddy. But I feel like mine's gone, so I think it's Dave's responsible. I don't know. He, he might be, yeah. Well, Cheetor, you might get a sexy voice out of it maybe next week or sometime <laughs> soon. Go. So you'll have something to look forward to. <laughs> this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends, be a part of building us up, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.